Good morning, loved ones. I'm so happy that we have this time together to just study God's word with one another uh, and just to worship our Father together. Won't you pray with me and then we will continue in our study of Matthew. Father God, Lord, we do love you and we thank you so much for this time that we can just open up your word, Father, and dig deeply into it. And Lord, as we are studying the scripture today, Father, I pray that you speak to us. Father, I pray that you will just uh, send your spirit and stir within our hearts, Lord. And I pray, Father, that you will increase our understanding, that you will increase our belief, Lord, so that we might follow you more faithfully and more obediently and more humbly. Lord, we love you and Father, we thank you so much much for Christ, and it's in his name that we pray. Amen. And so today, loved ones, we're going to take another step forward in our study of the Gospel of Matthew. And today, we're going to begin Matthew chapter 6. And just as a little bit of a reminder, because it's been a while since we've said this, we remember that the Sermon on the Mount that we're uh, journeying through right now, this Sermon on the Mount was a sermon that Jesus gave to his disciples. It's in this sermon that Jesus is teaching his disciples how they are to follow him, how they are to live radically different from the world, and how they are to live as the people of God. And over the last several weeks, as we've been going very slowly through Matthew chapter 5, we've looked at and we've unpacked Jesus' commands to us about how we are to live. We've looked at his teaching about how we are to lead a radically righteous life. We looked at the Beatitudes. We unpacked Jesus' teaching about us being salt and light. We looked at what Jesus had to say on the topics of anger and lust and divorce. We saw where he commanded us to turn the other cheek and where he told us to love our enemies. But here in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, we see a little bit of a transition. We see where Jesus shifts gears just a bit. And here today in this verse, instead of Jesus telling us what we should do, Jesus instead tells us what we are not to do. And in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, we see where Jesus gives us a warning. And the warning that Christ gives us here is going to really set the scene for what we look at over the course of the next two or three weeks. And so I really want to camp out here in Matthew 6, 1 today, because I want us to really get a good grasp on what Jesus has to say in this verse, because it does set the scene for the next several passages. And so won't you join me here in Matthew 6, 1, and let's explore Jesus's words about avoiding inappropriate displays of righteousness. And so here, Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, it says this, be careful not to display your righteousness merely to be seen by other people. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father in heaven. And so loved ones, I want to talk about motivation just for a moment. Motivation is a word that we hear a lot about today. Uh, people are constantly talking about what motivates them to live healthier lives or to make better decisions. If you look at any social media platform, there's no shortage of people talking about what their motivation is for whatever it is that they do. And sometimes, you know, and just in the, the way the world is today, sadly, we hear motivation a lot uh, in the 
wake of a tragedy, in the wake of a terrible incident of violence. Uh, we hear about shootings and murders and things of that sort. And when it catches uh, the attention of the news and things of that nature, people will often talk about what would motivate a person to do such a terrible thing. Well, here we see in Matthew 6, 1, where Jesus has a word about motivation for those who want to be his disciples. And we see that Jesus tells the radically righteous that they have to constantly be checking their motives. And in this verse and in the verses to come, Jesus really wants us to think about the reason that we do the things that we do. Jesus wants us to do some introspection, some genuine and sincere self-reflection. He wants us to think about why we perform acts of righteousness. And Jesus is really asking us about our motives. He wants to know what motivates us to do righteous deeds. And if you look ahead in the next several verses, you see that Jesus gives us some very clear examples. He talks about the example of giving alms or giving charity to the poor. He talks about praying, and he also talks about fasting. And these three things were three uh, uh, acts of righteousness that the Hebrews were called upon to do. Uh, you might often re uh, hear these deeds, almsgiving, uh, fasting and praying, they were sometimes referred to as the pillars of Judaism. And performing these deeds provided a way for people to live out their faith. It was a way for people to display their righteousness. And here Jesus is asking us, well, what's your motivation for doing these things? What's your motivation for doing these deeds of righteousness? And the very first thing that we see Jesus say here in Matthew 6, 1, we see him give us a warning. Jesus says, take heed, be careful, watch out. The Greek word there is proseko, proseko. And it has a couple really interesting connotations, a couple really interesting definitions. It's most basic meaning for Prosecco is basically what Jesus just said. It's to pay attention. But this word is often used many times to describe when a ship is being brought into port. And I want you to think about that image for just a second. Think about the care that's needed. Think about the attention to detail that's needed. Think about the right touch that's necessary to navigate a large vessel into port. The pilot of the craft has to constantly be aware of what's going on around him and around the vessel, and he constantly has to be making the right adjustments at the right time to safely steer the ship where it's supposed to go. We saw this play out just a few weeks ago. If you remember, there was a uh, tanker that was going through the Suez Canal, and somewhere along the way, someone didn't pay attention, and the ship got stuck, and a catastrophe of sorts ensued as a result of that. So that's one of the meanings for the word Prosecco. It's referring to the care, the attention needed to safely navigate a ship. But Prosecco also has another uh, rather deeper meaning, and it refers to what we would call today addiction, to be given over to something, to be so completely dependent on a thing that you can't function without it. 
And so in one really interesting literal sense, what Jesus is saying here is be addicted to checking your heart. Be addicted to checking your motivation. Be addicted to making sure that you're not doing these deeds of righteousness for the wrong reasons. And so from this, we can infer and we can ascertain that Jesus wants his disciples to constantly be monitoring their hearts and their motivations. And he wants us to be sure that we aren't doing things purely just to be seen by those around us. Our motivation shouldn't be just to show off before others. Our motivation shouldn't be just to impress others with how righteous we are. Because if that's what motivates us, if impressing others is the reason why we do the things that God has called on us to do, well, if that's the case, then loved ones, we aren't radically righteous. We are merely self-righteous. You see, we have to remember that our motives do a great deal to reveal the nature of our hearts. And if we simply just do these deeds of righteousness, if we do good deeds simply so that others are impressed with us, if we do these things just to dazzle other people, then loved ones, we are doing these things for the wrong reasons. And so we need to start asking ourselves the tough questions today. Why do we do the things that we do? What is our motivation for the righteous deeds that we display? Why do we come here on a Sunday morning? Why do you turn these YouTube videos on on a Sunday morning? Why do we serve as Sunday school teachers and as deacons? Why do we get involved and serve on committees? Why are we active in our churches? Do we do these things because we love the Lord and we want to please him? Or do we do these things because we want other people to be impressed about how active we are, about how faithful we are? Do we do these things just to bring attention to ourselves? Or maybe not even that motivates us. Maybe we just do these things because we feel that this is what is expected of us. So loved ones, what is your motivation today? And are you constantly checking your heart to see what your motives are? So let's move on just a tad further here in Matthew 6, 1. And we've seen that if the radically righteous are constantly checking their motives, that they, they know that their hearts are motivated for the right things, then why do the radically righteous do these acts of righteous? What makes the radically righteous person display their righteousness? In other words, why do the righteous do what they do? And the answer is very simple when you stop and think about it. The radically righteous do the right thing for the right reason. Their motivation is right, meaning this, the radically righteous don't do their good deeds simply to be seen and to be noticed by others. And now that seems simple enough. That sounds pretty straightforward and pretty easy to understand. But we need to wait a minute. We need to stop and think about something else that we've heard pretty recently. We need to take a look back at Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, because there might be a conflict on our hands. Matthew 5, 16, Jesus says this, 
He says, in the same way, let your light shine before people so that they can see your good deeds and give honor to your Father in heaven. And there in that passage, we remember Jesus was telling us to be the salt of the earth, to be the light of the world. He tells us there to do our good deeds so that other people will see them. And so what's going on here? Is Jesus contradicting himself? How do these two verses mesh with one another? Well, the answer is this. No, absolutely not. Jesus is not contradicting himself. The difference in these two passages is the motivation behind doing those deeds. The disciple, the one who is radically righteous, they do good deeds to bring glory and honor to God. They perform acts of righteousness so that other people will see those acts and then praise God for it. But that's not what Jesus is talking about here in Matthew 6.1. Here, Jesus is talking about people who display good deeds, who do acts of righteousness so that they receive the glory and honor for it. You see, it's a matter of who gets the glory. That's the key difference between these passages. The radically righteous do their good deeds to bring glory and honor to God, but the self-righteous do good deeds to bring glory and honor to themselves. But let's ask this question. What enables the radically righteous to do this? How are they able to check themselves and to constantly be sure that their motivations are right, that they are bringing glory to God and not glory to themselves? Well, again, the answer is simple. It's because the radically righteous are already living the kind of life that Jesus has called on them to live. They're able to live this kind of way because they are poor in spirit, because their heart mourns for the things that break God's heart. The radically righteous do this because they hunger and thirst for righteousness. They are merciful. They are pure in heart. And that's a big one. Pure in heart means this. It means that they don't have any idols inside of their heart, including themselves. They don't make an idol of themselves. They don't have any idols in their heart that is going to draw glory and honor and attention away from God. And again, the radically righteous are able to do this because they're peacemakers and because they rejoice when they are persecuted for Jesus' sake. And along with all of this, along with living out the Beatitudes, the radically righteous live this kind of life because they know that this brings glory and honor to God. They know that this kind of life is how they reveal that they are God's children. And they know that this makes God happy. They know that this makes God proud because this is the kind of life that you have to live when you are striving to be perfect, just like your heavenly father is perfect. And loved ones, we need to remember this. When we live that kind of life, when we strive to be perfect like God is perfect, then we're not going to want to take any glory or honor away from him. We're not going to want to take any credit or uh, glory for ourselves. We're not going to want to be in the spotlight. We're going to want to keep God in the spotlight so that other people can see how majestic he is, to see how beautiful he is, to see how incredible he is, and so that they will give glory and honor to him. Because that's our purpose. Our purpose at the end of the day, loved ones, is to bring honor and glory to God. 
And so the question before us is this. In your life today, loved ones, who are you working to glorify? Are you seeking to be seen and be noticed, to be in the spotlight, to get attention for the deeds that you do? Or are you humbly doing your good deeds? Not so that you'll be recognized for them or receive any accolades for them, but simply because God will be glorified through your actions. And you need to remember this. If you are serious about being a disciple of Christ, then you must be serious about keeping yourself out of the spotlight and keeping God in the spotlight. And so we've unpacked the first half here of Matthew 6, 1, and we see where Jesus gave us a warning uh, about being righteous for the wrong reasons. And here in the second half of Matthew 6, 1, Jesus tells us what results when we do things simply for show. He tells us that if we only are motivated by human approval, if we only do things so that we are noticed here by other people, then we have no reward from our Father in heaven. And this is a very heavy statement. And so what does Jesus mean here? Well, we need to start by unpacking the word reward. And there in the Greek, that word is mystos, mystos. And yes, it does mean reward, but its most frequent, its most usual meaning is wages or payment. And so in a very literal sense, what Jesus is saying here is this. If you cash in your good deeds here on earth so that you can be impressive to other people, then you're not going to receive any payment in heaven for your labor. You're not going to receive any payment in heaven for your labor because you've already gotten here. You've already received here the reward that you were looking for. The person who wants to do their deeds here on earth so that they can be seen by other people, they have no reward to receive from God. In a way, you could say that they took a payday advance. They took a cash advance on the reward so that they could enjoy it here on earth. But how silly that is to only be motivated, to only want to do things so that people will notice you. Because guess what? People forget things. People move on to the next big thing. And just as quickly as you receive that recognition, that slap on the back, that accolade that you were so craving from other people, just as simply as you receive it, those things fade away and disappear. Loved ones, the rewards, the recognition, the payment that we receive here on earth, those things are only temporary. But the rewards that our Father in heaven can give us, those are eternal and those will never be forgotten. And so Jesus is here making his disciples make a choice. He's forcing them into a decision. They have to choose which they'd rather have. They have to determine whose perspective matters more, God's or man's. The disciples have to decide who is more worthy of pleasing, God or man. And Jesus' disciples also have to decide who they'd rather receive rewards and recognition from, again, God or man. And so 
what is going on is this. You see, we can choose to do things here on earth so that we receive recognition from other people. And that doesn't necessarily mean that we're lost. That doesn't mean necessarily that we're not saved. It doesn't mean that we're going to hell. But it does mean this. It does mean that if you choose to receive a reward here on earth, that you won't have a reward to receive in heaven. You won't get much recognition in heaven for what you did because you chose to get your reward now. On the flip side of that though, loved ones, we can choose to be humble, to work behind the scenes, to do the right things for the right reasons, to do things simply and purely because they bring glory to God. And yes, the truth of the matter is this, if that's the kind of life that you, that you choose to live, no one will ever remember your name. No one will ever remember the things that you do. But so what? What does that matter? Because God will recognize you and God will reward you for your labor in front of everyone in the kingdom. And so which is it for you today, loved ones? Are you asking God for a payday advance on your heavenly wages and on your heavenly reward? Or are you laboring diligently to bring glory and honor to him? Are you laboring to be noticed by other people so that they will applaud you and congratulate you and think about how righteous you are? Or are you working behind the scenes, helping to keep God in the spotlight so that others can glorify him? I'm sure many of you, if you're in North Carolina, you might know this. If you're not in North Carolina, this might be a bit of trivia for you. But here in North Carolina, our state motto is Esse Quam Videri, to be rather than to seem. And I remember learning about this uh, way back in elementary school in North Carolina history class, learning our state motto. And I always thought that was such a cool phrase, to be rather than to seem. The emphasis was on being the genuine thing, being the real deal, rather than simply appearing like you are genuine. And loved ones, in many ways, that's exactly what Jesus is talking about here in Matthew 6, verse 1. Here, we see that Jesus is calling on us to be genuine disciples rather than just seeming like we are disciples. He's calling on us to be genuinely, radically righteous rather than just seeming and appearing to be righteous. And of course, Jesus is calling on his disciples to do this because Jesus himself was the real deal. He walked the walk. He talked the talk. He backed his words up with his actions a thousand times over. But the question is, what about us? What about us? Are we actually being or are we just simply seeming to be? And so, loved ones, again, I want to ask you this. What is your motivation for the things that you do? Do you do your acts of righteousness because you're trying to earn your salvation from God? Are you trying to buy your way into the kingdom? And if that's what you're doing, then loved ones, listen to me. Stop doing that because the truth is this. That's never going to cut it. You're never going to be good enough 
to earn salvation from God. Or maybe, loved ones, maybe you're doing your acts of righteousness out of fear. You're doing that because you just, you don't believe that what Christ did for you on the cross was enough. You think that surely you must have to add something to his sacrifice in order to receive this salvation from God. But let me ask you this, loved ones. If that's what you're doing, if you're trying to add to Christ's sacrifice, what could you possibly have to offer that could in any way improve upon what Christ has already done? And again, the answer is nothing. Maybe, loved ones, maybe you're doing what Jesus was talking about today. Maybe you're doing your acts of righteousness because you want people to notice you. You want people to marvel at you. You want them to be impressed about how right you must be living. And well, if that's the case, then here's what I have to say about that. I hope you enjoy your reward now because the memory of that earthly reward is all that you're going to have in heaven. Or, loved ones, are you today living a life in which you do acts of righteousness because you are simply trying to make your heavenly Father proud, because you are humbly trying to live the kind of life that he has called you to live, because you want to bring glory and honor to him and to him alone. And yes, let's be honest, living that kind of life, it's not exciting. It's not going to get you very far in this world. No one will ever remember your name or what you did. But again, what does that matter? What does it matter if people remember what you did? Because at the end of the day, if you live this radically righteous lifestyle, one day at the gates of the kingdom, Christ will look at you and he will say to you, well done, my good and faithful servant. So loved ones, what is your motivation today? Christ has called on us to essay quam videri. He has called on us to be rather than to seem. The question is, are we doing that? Are we being or are we just seeming to be? Would you pray with me, loved ones? Father God, Lord, we do love you and we do thank you for Christ and for this teaching. And Father, I pray that you help us to be the genuine thing, that you help us to constantly check our motives, to check our hearts, Lord, to see why it is, Father, that we do these good deeds, why we do uh, perform acts of righteousness. And Father, if we are doing it for any other reason than to bring you glory and honor, then Father, help us to repent of that. Lord, help us to see the error and the uh, just the foolishness of our ways, Lord. Help us to see that being recognized here on earth by our fellow men, that means nothing in the scheme of things. But Father, to be recognized by you and your kingdom, my goodness, Lord, how amazing that must be. So Father, help us to check our hearts. Help us to be radically righteous. Help us to do righteousness for the right reason to bring glory and honor to you and to you alone. Father, we love you so much and we thank you for Christ and we pray this in his name. Amen.